Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Anywho, hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird or wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Sam Hurley, and I am joined this week by one of our usuals, Liz. How are you, Liz? Oh, welcome back. Tell me about well, yourself. Anyway, how is your sex life? Okay, I've literally heard that played approximately 27 times today, and I'm over it, and I already talked about my sex life, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. You don't like talking about non-existent things? No. Well, from the non-existent uh, to the very much existent, we oh, have guesting on this episode. One of the oh, most... you mean him? Yes, not I'm you. talking okay. about him. No, not me. I ain't got oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> what we do have is one of the most amazing men in the world, Mr. Nick Haskins of Epic Film Guys. How the fuck are you, Nick? Please talk to me, please. <laughs> Boys and their toys, honestly. We've been tormenting lists with the room sound drops through a whole recording of Hunt for the Wilder People for my show and. I'm thrilled to be here. You know I absolutely love you. Liz is absolutely podcasting royalty. I'm so thrilled to always be able to share a microphone with her. Uh, Thank you for having me again, Sam. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Now, you picked the film, Nick, Social Network. Any reasons why? Any any opening thoughts? Any opening salvo? I will believe that we will get to that in the the, the questions. They will come out in the questions, Sam. Thank you, Nick. That's the professionalism (laughs) I'm looking for on this podcast. (laughs) Shut up. It's not my fault I watch a film and I want to talk about it immediately. I think that's a fairly standard response. Yes, I love that you did not send me 1,500 fucking messages at 2 o'clock in the morning asking me what I thought about this film, Nick. Thank it's you. It's all about feelings. the format, baby. Yes. Thank God. Um, Nick, why don't you tell us all about Epic Film Guys? Do you want me to just fuck off? Is that what this is? <laughs> Pretty much. Please. You need me here for your Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? I love it. I'm not a smelly pirate hooker. <laughs> but we digress. We digress. Speaking of, Nick, speaking of smelly pirate hookers, Epic, yes, Film, Guys is Epic Film Guys is also about hookers in a way, but we're hookers for movies. But uh, yeah, we, we, we love to cover movies. It's been weird for us with COVID, with theaters being closed. We did Canon Quarantine for a while where we talked about nothing but Canon movies, which I almost want there to be like a separate movie reviews in 20 cues for canon movies just for Liz so she can watch some of the most horribly misogynistic films that have ever (laughs) been made ever because I want to hear her. I want to hear you rage about them because I love it when you fly into a rage. I know. We'll get to that. And bye, howdy, will we get to that? My Lord. But yeah, we love movies. We love to talk about movies. And uh, yeah, we're. We also love to talk about penises. Yeah, you do. <laughs> we worked out that like 95% of his soundboard is quotes about penises. Hey, so talking about dicks, uh, this film, The Social Network, <laughs> is about is quite possibly the largest living dick on the face of the planet. If, if you don't know the plot of the film, basically it's Mark Zuckerberg creating Facebook, being sued by different people that tried to get him to make the Facebook. Um, his best friend sues him. It's just basically the story of Mark Zuckerberg. From about 2004 through to 2007, 8, 9, whenever he got sued. That's the yeah. basic plot of the film Social Network. Has a score of 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 95% on Metacritic. Written by Aaron Sorkin, directed by David Fincher. Was nominated for a host of Oscars. One for Best Writing for Adapted Screenplay for Sorkin. Film Editing and Music for an Original Score for a Motion Picture. So picked up three Oscars. Not too bad, not too bad. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll we'll get into the questions basically and start talking about this film a little bit more. If you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film and then move into our personal questions before we finish on a listener question. Now, the first one that we always start with is the compliment sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing bad, one thing good about the film. Unless we hated the film, then we give it a shit sandwich, which is one thing bad, one thing good and one thing bad about the film. Or... As people would have heard on the mm. 300 episode, there's the hyperbole sandwich, which is one thing good, Cheating. one thing great, and one thing good about this film, if you want to give it a score over 10,000. Uh, anyway, Nick, why don't you lead us off? Why don't you tell us what your sandwich is and get into it? Well, I'm going to give this, Sam, a big, gigantic, fat hyperbole sandwich, because yes! you absolutely know this was my favorite movie of the decade. Uh, starting off, one thing good Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross won an Oscar for the score in this film. It is tense. It is beautiful. It is brilliant. Completely, perfectly underscores the tension between uh, Eduardo Saverin and Mark Zuckerberg and also emphasizing, I feel, the sadness 
that is the deterioration and eventually kind of crumbling of their friendship. Love the score of this film. It is beyond incredible. Absolutely. I, I couldn't get behind okay. that. What about your great thing, Nick? Well, my great thing is you already mentioned it, Aaron Sorkin's script. Now, this is a film that's about computer programming and legal depositions, but it still <laughs> manages to be really, really engaging, really, really well paced, really, really thrilling. I love, 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 love how this film is stitched together. I, I watched this film twice in preparation just for this episode because I was so excited to talk about it. But everything goes back again. Sorkin won an Oscar for this film adaptation. This is based on a book called The Accidental Billionaires, I believe is what the book is called. And the, the characters in this film are so well drawn. And like I said, think about it. it's tell somebody the plot of this movie. Well, it's a whole bunch of talk about computer programming and legal depositions. And mm. everybody that you're talking to will fall the fuck asleep. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, that's ab yeah. that's my great thing about this. And the good thing about this, and maybe people disagree with me, I don't. Jesse fucking Eisenberg as Mark Zuckerberg. I absolutely love his performance in this film. A character that so desperately wants to be recognized and respected, but in the, the pursuit of that recognition, destroys literally the only thing good that he has in his life. Like the one good friendship that he has in his life i think that eisenberg captures it perfectly i think he telegraphs it perfectly and the genius of i think both his performance and of the writing from sorkin is he's an asshole make no mistake about it and the opening of this film is very much Makes like that very clear exactly but as much of an asshole he is in the film there's moments in this film when you still definitely feel for this character too so i love Maybe the layer to it <laughs> wow liz wow that's my hyperbole sandwich um do you want me to give him my score sam yeah you give it a score now yeah. oh, how so, many what what out, out of how many what lines of code there we go well there we go so i looked this up i had to do some research before this episode so there are currently um average uh 1.79 billion active daily facebook users on average so my score is 1.79 billion out of 10,000 lines of code this has got to be probably the highest score anyway that is the highest score we've right? ever had i will yeah. i will say sam did throw the gauntlet down to me before this episode and said well if you're going to beat the highest score i think paul's was from the like the thing or something was really high or whatever i love it I believe, I believe Paul gave Die Hard in the thing. I believe he gave them one million. And then Fuzzy Dan came on from Shaken Not Nerd and, then, and found out about that. So he gave Point Break one million and one. So you've <laughs> completely eclipsed so those Bring guys it on, motherfuckers. Fucking <laughs> Do you know what is cooler than one million? One, one billion. billion. Exactly. exactly. 79. <laughs> so there it is. That's my, that's my fat, fat, fat hyperbole sandwich. Ooh, Excellent. Oh, should you go next or should I? No, you go next, Liz. Let's, let's see what you have to say. I'm going to take my headphones off now. slightly different. <laughs> um, just a smidge. Because I'm going to start my sandwich with a smidgen of shit. Watch this, Lise. You can actually pinpoint the second when his heart rips in half. And now. <laughs> We've just seen Nick Haskins' heart oh. broken live. Oh, it's like Literally it's like Ralph like Wiggum. Ralph Wiggum. Yes. It's like in the Simpsons. If you if you pause it, you can see the moment when his heart when his literally heart breaks in half. I literally <laughs> sent that gif to Sam last night when I said, "Okay, I've watched the film. I'm really freaking out. I'm going to break Nick's heart. He's going to hate me after this." And Sam's like, "You'll be able to see the moment when his heart I would never. Like, Boom! I adore you. I absolutely adore you." I've been sitting here listening to him talk for all about Hunt for the Water People, how much he loves Liz, how much he loves Liz, how much he loves Liz, just biding my time like a little sociopathic motherfucker <laughs> waiting, waiting for this point. Here we go. All right. So mm. my first shit is the terrible representation of women in this film. There is only one decent female character. That's Erica. She's actually re represented quite well. I quite liked her and I thought she came across quite smart and didn't take any shit. Every other female character was this pathetic, useless trope or stereotype, one-dimensional crap. And it really pissed me off. So that was number one. And then my second, oh, sorry, sorry, my good thing is that I did think that the casting was really excellent. Um, like you said, Jesse Eisenberg, excellent casting. Loved um, Andrew Garfield as Severin, since he's supposed to be like the, the protagonist. Oh, I mean, not the protagonist, but like the, the guy you're sympathetic to. Perfect choice. Yeah. Because he's so cute and lovely. And, you know, like as soon as he walked in, I went, oh, I love that guy. So, yeah. And that, that put me immediately in the mindset of liking him. So I thought that was really well done. Um, Justin Timberlake is actually a really good actor. 
and um, he played Sean Parker perfectly. Like, so I good. Just, yeah. All of it I thought was really well done. And then my other shit is the what I would say is the glorification of toxic masculinity or of, of like the patriarchy. I knew you'd love that, Sam. I don't um, agree with it whatsoever. I don't know. See, let me, if you'll let me finish, or are yeah. you just going to talk over me because I'm a woman? No, I'm joking. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> no, like the way I see it is, yes, they, he gets his comeuppance and he has to pay them all that money and stuff. But do you realize that at the end of the film, they're all still billionaires? And, you know, the face smash thing. That's really gross. And they go out and do this horrible thing that really fucks up with a lot of women who probably get really upset by it. And no one gives a shit. I mean, he gets six months academic probation, but it has no real effect on his life. And he doesn't even apologize or anything. I just feel like all of those guys, if you go and look them up afterwards, they've done pretty good. So it just made me think, well, yay patriarchy. Yeah, no, but I I, I feel like the movie is just showing exactly that. Like it's showing these guys are fucking like sociopaths. And they yeah, but it doesn't matter. They can still do well. Exactly. So it glorifies that. I don't feel like it's glorifying. I feel like it's showing you just how like how little humanity these people have. How they just become these fucking malfunctioning robots. I mean, especially Zuckerberg. We've seen him fucking on that surfboard recently. Ugh, we? He's, so he's a malfunctioning <laughs> robot <laughs> of a human. But yeah, I, I think maybe it's just because, like, I, I then went, once I watched the film, I went and, like, looked up all these people and, like, they were all great. So... Oh, it just look. kind of frustrated me that, like, you'd think there'd be some sort of downfall. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was just my opinion. And you're allowed to think differently, Sam. But no, no, no. Like, the thing is, like, one of my deep philosophical debates is just how little of a shit I give for the emotional range of any of these characters. Mm. That was like one That's of my That's what me up when you were like, yeah, when you really feel bad for, for Zuckerberg a couple of times, I'm like, not in the slightest. No, 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 yeah. no. I've got no question Oh, not you. That. No, I was saying Nick, like, oh, yeah. um, before. Because I, like, look at my notes and I'm just, the whole way through, I'm like, what a cunt. But so, that, yeah. to use that word, like I literally feel like these people are cunts and oh, every single I person in this film is an antagonist. It's like, it's not watching an antihero. It's just watching, it's like the Joker. It's like you're watching this one person who's just a complete and utter yeah. despicable person. Oh, nah, they make him Except there's multiple of but, them. It's yeah. horrible. I yeah. don't necessarily disagree. Okay. Exactly. Well, anyway, it was going to be hard to give it a positive score, but I know it's a good film. Like it's well made and it was good casting and you're right. The dialogue was good and stuff, but I couldn't in all conscience give it a good score because it made me so fucking angry. And I was just angry the entire film. And when I finished it, I was like, these all, they all suck. I hate everyone. So I'm giving it 4,905. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, just look up that Ralph Wiggum gif. You could, if you, you could pinpoint the moment that his heart rips in half. Yeah, it was a it was a controversial film for me. Like it was a really hard one to well, to, to score because yeah, if you took out the fact that it's so many things that just made me fucking angry, then it was really great. Uh, Nick, I am going to start this with a preface of this only just became a compliment sandwich. Oh, wow. I've been wondering. I've been wondering where you'd sit, Sam. So exactly. I thought you'd probably sit between us, but I didn't know how much, and you wouldn't give it away, which was pissing me off. And the reason why I say this only just became a compliment sandwich is because for a long fucking time it was a hyperbole sandwich. Wow! Yeah, baby. <laughs> this movie is incredibly well put together, and I'd say the first hour, and like I won an Oscar for editing. Absolutely, the first hour, the pacing and the editing, and the way it transitions between these characters shows the intermingling storylines, everything like that. I was like, fuck, I am totally on board for this. And it, towards the end, like the last sort of half an hour, it sort of dragged and they sort of scurried in um, Erica Albright's character in, in a roundabout way of him like checking his Facebook page and all that sort of stuff. And I felt like that was a little bit tacked on. And that's the only reason why it dragged it slightly down into a compliment sandwich. So that was kind of my bad thing. But, the, but then like that leads to some of the most amazing acting performances. And we've talked about it. Mm. And this is from... Actors that I'd never go out of my way to watch a film on. Like, I've never been a massive Garfield fan or Eisenberg fan or definitely not Justin Timberlake fan. Yet the performances are fucking outstanding. Yep. Yeah. The you fun know. thing about this performance, too, is, I mean, you've got, like, one of the most popular, one of the most famous musicians in the world playing a character who is famous for founding a company oh that basically... Yes like tore apart the music industry i haven't even thought of that but that's such a good point i love i love that aspect of the character and i love there's this level of douchebaggery that timberlake plays it with he's got got one of those faces that you never get sick of punching like he's just got that sort of smug look to him and yet he just like he was just perfect for this role Uh, (laughs) so um, good i have to say this movie was spectacular for the amount of actors where they came on screen and went oh or, oh, that girl. Like, I really like that. Liz is coming round. Anyway, my score, 9,100. 
9,100 codes. Wow. There we go. I, I really enjoy this. Like, this is easily a 9 out of 10. This has got to be the most different set of scores on any. I'm here for it. I'm here no. for it. Liz, 100%. I gave the room like 9,998, and I think Liz did as well, and then Kahu gave it like 2,000. I think that's the biggest diversity that we've ever had. Nice. In an Listen, yeah, no. can I just say, fuck you, Kahu. Yeah, fuck you, Kahu. <laughs> Kahu, I think I'm probably going to agree with you, to be fair. So, Anywho, let's move us over to question number two, which is courtesy of our amazing man, which is Chris Yeeney. What question does he have there, Liz? All right. Hey, Chris, um, you have asked, what song would you have inserted into this film and where slash why? So the trailer for this movie, which is one of the first things that I fell in love with about this movie, there is an incredible cover of Radiohead's Creep by Scala and the Kalakni brothers. It's like like a children's choir singing the song. It's an incredible version of the song. And if I have any disappointment about this movie, and I mean any, it's that this song isn't in the movie itself because it's mm. such a great cover of such a great song. I honestly like the idea, like after there's a, you know, the, the big most famous scene in this movie, of course, is the scene after Saverin gets cut out of Facebook, storms out, smashes down Zuckerberg's computer, tells him he's coming after everything. But in Eisenberg's performance, especially, you can really see they hit a million users, but you can see there's almost a little bit of an emptiness in mm. Zuckerberg, like because Eisen, you know, because uh, Saverin's not there because of what they've just done. I really think that there's a place in that scene somewhere where like, you know, I don't belong here. You know, I'm a creep. I'm a, like that fits so well into that. Like you, even an instrumental version, maybe not even lyrically. That's, I think, where that could have gone. Even, I mean, you again, you get that amazing Re- Reznor and Ross score in there, mm. but I think that's where you put it. I like nice. that. What about you, Sam? Uh, as we mentioned, Trent Reznor did the soundtrack to him. Trent Reznor is obviously famous for being the singer of Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. And I would, this is pretty on the nose, but I don't give a shit. Uh, the scene where they go out to the bar and have a drink with the two girls, I would have included Nine Inch Nails, Starfuckers Incorporated. Because <laughs> that that's literally yes. what they are. They just become yes. groupies. They're Starfuckers Incorporated. That's that's pretty legit. My, I think my song might even be more on the nose. Um, I'm going with Dennis Leary's song "Asshole" because <laughs> he is such an asshole, and I would put it right at the end after she tells him he's not an asshole, which I completely disagree with, by the way. Should we um, just put it on loop, like through the whole movie? No, that's what well, I was thinking. Just like him refreshing. Oh, well, yeah, just we could do that. through every scene that Zuckerberg's in. Just, just every time he's an asshole, just play like a little clip of that. No, I thought like at the end, like when he's refreshing it, maybe he gets really annoyed and just like slams his laptop out and like walks out of the building and it just sort of follows him out playing this asshole song. I thought yeah. that could be quite good. Because he's such an asshole. Oh, you're kidding. Mark Zuckerberg. I know. I'm probably the only person who have ever said that, I'm sure. Absolutely. Only one. I've never heard it before. Yeah, huh? Anywho, yeah. question number three. What is it there, Nick? What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? So the one for me was the uh, Winklevoss, Winklevoss, whatever they're fucking called, I don't care. The Winklevi. Uh, Winklevi. There we go. Quite often throughout the film, they often talk about how they're twins. They are often like, oh, I've got somebody who's my genetic clone or blah, 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 blah. I'm 6'5", yeah, yeah. 220, and there's two of me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like It happens quite often. So, mm-hmm. so what I was thinking was, have the screenwriters put this in there? Or has Fincher put this in there? Has Sorkin put this in there? Because they don't trust audiences to realize that there's twins on the screen. Because <laughs> they don't look e- like each other the whole time? <laughs> exactly. And so I was like, do they think the crowd watching this is so dumb that they can't work out that there's twins? Because they're often not in the same scene together. Like, it, you know, pans between oh, yeah, the two yeah. of them and shit like that. And then I was thinking, well, you know, Fincher made Fight Club and, you know, there's a big twist at the end. Maybe people are watching this going, oh, this is the Fight Club guy. It's going to be a big twist at the end. That there's fucking two of them, but one of them is actually there. <laughs> In case listeners weren't sure, uh, those twins were paid by Arnie Hammer and, oh, I don't know. Josh Pence. Guy. That's right, Josh, Josh Pence. I knew it was yep. Jay something. Um, and then they just kind of used CGI to blend Arnie Hammer's face onto Josh Pence or something. Yep. It was real freaking weird. My deep philosophical debate is watching this entire film just made me go, how can we change the world so that assholes like this are not able to have such control? <laughs> like these guys, the problem with, I read this great article after it, so it was like the problem isn't that Zuckerberg is an asshole, because he is, but the problem of the, that the film portrays is like he can just go in and go, oh, I've got this great idea for a website, I'm going to make it, and now I'm going to control half the world, I'm going to control the media and bloody blah, blah. 
But it without getting thing. too political, it's pretty sad that we live in a world where motherfuckers like this can get away with all the shit they get away with. Exactly. And, and, they and get that's what I was saying. No repercussions or comeuppance or anything like that. That's it's perfectly summarized at the end of the film, too, when, you know, Marilyn basically says to him, in, in the end of the day, it's a parking ticket. Like, you've got so much money that even if you pay out this huge fucking settlement to these guys, it's not going to matter because you're still going to be uber fucking loaded. That's, exactly. that's what really pissed me off as well. I was like, Come on, man. Like, just pay them. You, it's not like you can't afford it. I feel like you want a Quentin Tarantino alternate history one where just a couple of dudes <laughs> come in with machine guns and just mow them all down and just fucking wander out. Oh like they do to Hitler at the end of a glorious blast. That would be bastard. amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, mine was, uh, so I, I honestly said, I, and I tried to look at this just from the film's perspective. I said, does Zuckerberg have a point? So there's numerous times in the film when he makes the point, um, and, and especially when he gets his cease and desist letter from the Winklevi. You know, he's he makes a claim. He's, he says, does someone who builds a chair owe something to every single other person that's built a chair? Mm. You know, and I mean, if you think about like social media existed prior to this, we'll get to this in a later question as well. I believe that Liz posed. But, you know, social media as a thing, MySpace, Friendster, all these other sites existed previous, like before Facebook. The only thing that's really technically different about Facebook is the exclusivity portion of it. So it does the fact that he quote unquote as he says you know in the film during the depositions he's like i came up with it but i had a better idea you know like that's I, that was my philosophical debate when i think about this like i mean I, and i don't disagree that zuckerberg is definitely the villain of this piece mm. i don't think the winklevosses and divi and narendra are like absolved of anything either i don't think that they're less villainous in a way i think that's but. a really good point and a good thing to think about i do think you need to have some sort of management of um intellectual property and have people being able to sue for that because otherwise you'd get all the stupid shit like um robin thick and blurred lines stealing from like marvin gay and just going yeah fuck mm. you and you know however um i think in this case the thing that really sold me on it that it was the intellectual property theft was how he delayed and how he stalled them for the six weeks till he could get his up and running yep. i think had he not done that he could have got away with it more easily but i think because he did that it was clear that he felt like he had to stop them because he needed to be the first, mm. the first one to do this particular kind of website. All good. Uh, moves us over to question number four, which is also a Patreon question. This question comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Dave Baker. Dave has his own Patreon as well at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. On it, he posts a cornucopia of creative content, ranging from pro samples to curated YouTube recommendations and YouTube video essays to written essays on Medium. And Dave has two questions that he gives us. One question is, who do you think would have the biggest social media presence in on what platform? And I thought that was way too on the nose for this film. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I've gone to his other one, which I reckon is a lot harder because, fuck, there's a lot of unlikable people in this. But uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. Which two characters from this film would you guys want with you at your house party? Oh, I'm going first because there's only two of the entire film that I would actually want to spend any time with whatsoever. And so I'm picking Erica and Severin. because. Erica, I feel like me and her would hit it off. We'd have some good chats. Like, she she seems like a pretty smart, funny chick. She's pretty onto it. It's pretty quick. And Severin would bring some pretty sweet champagne. And um, also, I'd make out with him because <laughs> Andrew Garfield's hot. So, <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be my choice. And I wanted to get in before either of you guys tried to make out with Severin because he's hot. Liz wants to get spider well, Liz, by Garfield. <laughs> she did steal one of mine. One of mine was also Eduardo because I said he's re he seems like he's really fun and down to earth when he's not walking on eggshells around mm. Mark, which is something that his character does or, a lot. Or seething with anger at Sean Parker. Oh my lord! I mean, he's he like, he's so passive aggressive, yeah. so passive aggressive towards Sean Parker. I kind of love it, but I you also kind of am just like. Bag. <laughs> uh, but the other character I said was uh, Marilyn Delpy, who is you know the junior associate at the law firm because it's Rashida Jones. God damn it! Oh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. It's yep. Ann Perkins, baby. Fuck I yeah! I love Ann Perkins. I know Ann oh. Perkins. I picked Marilyn Delpy because you're right. It's it, she's amazing, and in this she's generally quite kind. Like if she can see the best in Zuckerberg, then she could probably see the best of me. That's basically what I'm going for. Yeah, see, that's why I didn't pick her because they made her this ridiculous person who she's seen what a total cunt he is. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. She's seen what a dick he is, and she's still like, she's still nice, nice to, to you. That's yeah, the, nah. That's the type of lovely person I want with me. Uh, the other, the other one, like yeah, no Eduardo for me. I found him too up, like highly strong and crazy girlfriend showing up and set fire to rubbish bins. So oh I was my like, fucking God. hell. So, oh, so, yeah, there's another example of how women were represented terribly in this film. Yeah, so, so he seems problematic. So I want to go with their other mate there, Dustin. He's, you know, kind of, 
in the background, you know, but he's also loaded, but he doesn't seem like a complete wanker. He's just there along for the ride. I reckon Dustin's he had like cool. He had like three lines, didn't he, or something? Yeah, that's enough yeah. for me. Yeah, you're the guy that's going to be talking. But he's Timmy from Jurassic Park. Park, so... Yeah, exactly. You, you know, exactly. What? That's all I care Tell about. Tell me some Jay Park stories. That's what yeah, I that's, Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Timmy from Jurassic Park. Funny. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, talking about Patreons, our next question is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of Julio of the Contrarians podcast, podcast in which they rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. So they'll take this film and argue why it's shit. Uh, what would uh, Julio like to know there, Liz? All right. Uh, question five is, what is your most controversial opinion about this film? I'm so sorry in advance, Liz. I think, and as shitty as a person, as, as we know, as Zuckerberg is in real life, I think that this film deliberately changes things about the real life story and it deliberately changes real life aspects of this character and the events that happen to make him more unsympathetic i want there's i have more on this later but that's really mine like i really feel like maybe you didn't need to go this far to make zuckerberg unsympathetic because he's mark zuckerberg anyway but i feel like the film omits things that it shouldn't have yeah and adds in order to get there further adds things to make him even worse kind of thing. yeah that I, was my biggest thing about this is like i mean it is it, you could whatever opinion you might have of zuckerberg outside of this film i think this film deliberately omits things from the real life mark you, zuckerberg you can that, see why in that um yeah. the consultant on the book that they used was severin so of course severin wants to of course portray zuckerberg yeah. as a real dick mm, so yeah. but I, I get what you mean like i think they he he could have they could have just shown him as he was and it yeah. he still wouldn't like him. Yeah, so my my one is that I like we've already sort of mentioned it. Like I feel like the Erica Albright story was almost shockingly done. Like she sort of feels like bookending of this film, really. She does it like it's sort of yeah. like this is what started it and this is what finished it. And for There's me, like, a reason. Yeah. Yeah. But I just feel like we should have yeah, I just felt like it was not done very well. Basically I'll put it Yeah. There. Yeah. No, I yep. totally get that, and um, I'll, that kind of ties into my next question, my next answer for the next question. But for this question, I got PTSD flashbacks from Tenet, uh, actually, because there was too much. <laughs> there was too much of the. They, I see what they were trying to do with them in the club, and they're talking over the music. But because the you know the dialogue was so fast and the music was so loud, there were a bunch of those things. I was like, wait, what? And I couldn't hear what they were saying. And I was like, you're trying to make this good dialogue that I want to hear. But that was something I did. I love the idea. Like when they shot that scene, like they shot it without the background music. So it was literally just them shouting at each other in a quiet room. And then they had to put the music in. Like, I love the idea, like thinking about shooting of that scene. Absolutely. Uh, takes us over to another Patreon question. This question comes courtesy of the amazing woman. that is Emily Higgins of the Tasteless Podcast. You guys know the Tasteless Podcast. She's been on a couple of episodes before. Just go over and check it out. It's fucking amazing. What would Emily like to know there, Nick? Uh, excuse me. Emily Higgins is the queen of podcasting. We Please get it right. Uh, she wants to know which side character would have the best spinoff movie. Talking about villains, I want to see the Sean Parker story. I want to see... <laughs> Fuck you, Sam. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. That's stole my you. answer. Someone was going to have it. But, I mean, for the reasons that are pretty obvious, I want to see the Napster. I want to see him... You know, just coming out of obscurity to create such a, a like a profile that makes him loved by billions but hated by everyone that's been to the Grammys. I want to see that, like all the paranoia of that character yeah. and yeah. delusional, and like where oh, it comes man. from. So like one guy just walks past him and looks at him funny or something. And he's like, oh my god, that guy's stalking me, and he's actually yeah. just some random guy. Like, give me that movie any fucking day of the week. Absolutely. Also, I don't. I didn't have that. I could see it could be quite a funny movie, but um, the movie I want is Erica. And I want it where she becomes a fucking legend and like some massive like lawyer or something. So like you want some redemption lawyer. for Erica? Is that what you're saying? Well, I just like I agree with you. I feel like they didn't do her storyline well enough, and I feel yeah. like it'd be awesome to see her become like some massive privacy lawyer or something like that. And she takes Facebook down and really screws Zuckerberg over it. And then as she's like walking out of the courtroom, she's just like, "Oh, by the way, yeah, I am a bitch. Suck it." Like I just think that would be fucking awesome. Like, oh my god, suck it! Oh my god. Anyway, um, yeah, I just love the idea of. I just got so angry at the whole, you know, yay the patriarchy stuff. So I'd love to just see a woman oh, come in and just destroy the destroy him and ruin it all. Makes sense. Moves us over mm-hmm. to question number seven. Also a Patreon question. This question comes courtesy of Dan Brennick of the Netflix and Swill podcast. We love your questions, Dan. Uh, especially love this one, which is wait, I've got this covered. Excellent. Fist yourself. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good on you, Dan. Uh, 
if you want anything Netflix related, they are the podcast to go listen to. Love him and Caleb, who were on recently on the Independence Day episode. Great dudes, great podcast, just great human beings all around. And what Dan would like to know is where would we have inserted Blink-182 song, All the Small Things, into this film? So I choose when Erica breaks up with him and he's walking back to his dorm. Because I feel like there's a few lines in that song that work quite well, you know. For a start, he's quite a small thing, like <laughs> a small personality or whatever. But, um, you know, like, turn the lights off, carry me home. Everything's sort of over and he has to leave. And it's, yeah, I think, think that would work quite well. You're trying to say that he's quite small, that he doesn't row club or whatever the fuck they're talking about? Oh, yeah, no. I was actually <laughs> he doesn't row like crew. A, crew, that's the one. He doesn't row crew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, yeah, that's a good point because that's a whole part of what comes up. But I was more meaning like he's, um, he's just a small man. I had it in the same scene, so I'll just like skip ahead. Um, yeah, I had it in the same scene purely because just get the song out of the way. Let's move on. <laughs> it's the I opening think it scene. Well, it's not that bad a song, Sam. <laughs> no, but it's the type of song that you'd hear in a pub. It's the type of song that you'd mm. hear in like a student uni bar in 2004. Absolutely, you know, five, six oh, years 100%. after it came out, it's still relatively still Absolutely. in the public. Yeah, conscious. it could be playing as he leaves and then and then come up louder and cut over as yep. he's walking down. What about you, Nick? What did you have? I honestly, I said this would have been the perfect song for right after they moved the company to Palo Alto. They're in California and mm. they have that whole sequence of zip lining into the pool. Oh, yeah. Like that would have been the perfect kind of like if you think about that scene, if you could pull that scene out of this movie and put it into any like 90s, like teen raunch comedy kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. it totally. would fit so perfectly. And then that song would just play perfectly over that scene. I did love that bit. Like when the chimney breaks off, I did actually love yeah. that. That was yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's the perfect scene because it's such a Californian song too. Yeah. It's such a Californian band. I like that. God damn it. Yep. Yeah, that's a nice. way better answer. All right. What's yeah. next? So next question is number eight. Uh, which character, and this is going to be a hard one to choose, should have been punched in the dick? Divian Narendra. Fuck that guy. Really? <laughs> oh, I hate, he's such a smug cocksucker in this whole film. I mean, this film is full of smug cocksuckers. I will oh grant you that. God, yes. But he is especially smug I'm so every fucking him. time. Because he's from um, Handmaid's Tale and he's like such a good dude in Handmaid's Tale. He's great in that. He's yeah. great in that. But, uh, but yeah, his yeah, character in this film, every time he's on screen, I wanted to just sock him in the nutsack. For sure. What about you, Sam? Uh, Liz, are you familiar with the film Leon the Professional? No. Okay. Uh, well, Gary Oldman has an amazing scene in that in which somebody asks him something and he replies, Everyone! <laughs> that's and that's literally perfect. fucking question. Everyone! Uh. I literally perfect. Totally so everyone that. in this film is a fucking dickhead. They're all dicks, but I'm going to pick one specific person, and that is the president of Harvard. He was just <laughs> such a oh. dick. That whole meeting, like they're like, "Hey, here are some specific rules from the handbook that we're expected to follow," and this is a really good example of how he's fucking me off. And the guy's just like, "Why the fuck are these students here? Why do I have to talk to you? I don't want to know about this problem. Get out of my face." And I was like, I'm not saying necessarily that they had, the, they should have been able to go up and sit in his office and see the, pres the president of Harvard. But what's the point of being the fucking president of a university if you don't even want to talk to your goddamn students? Like, absolutely. Yeah. One of my favorite things about reading trivia about this movie was reading because they interviewed Larry Summers about his portrayal, like the depiction of him in this movie, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it's probably true. I was probably an asshole to him. <laughs> like he didn't. He was probably like, oh yeah, I was probably a giant douchebag." <laughs> I just laughed. I was like, oh my God. No, like, that makes it, it even better. Everyone else in the film, so it was fine. <laughs> no, just the whole bit there, I was just like, this is fucking ridiculous. He oh, deserved his 350 year old doorknob to be ripped off. I, I did like, though, that that scene was in there because otherwise I wouldn't have known that they were at Harvard because they didn't mention Harvard about 17 million times throughout this podcast. <laughs> throughout this film at all. Harvard, Harvard, they're also bloody pretentious. Harvard, Harvard, Rose Crew for Harvard. Harvard they're Harvard, so Harvard, pretentious Harvard. about it. The whole thing, oh, Harvard, it's just the best place to go. We are Harvard, Harvard men. Harvard, Harvard, Harvard. I came Harvard, out of watching Harvard, that Harvard, and went, I'm Harvard, never Harvard. going to fucking Harvard. I can tell you that. Not because I wouldn't get in because I totally would. I'm super smart and amazing, but they're I'm all pretty just sure you stand <laughs> Hey, shut up. I am quite a stable genius. I'll have you know. Yeah. Uh, good answers there, guys. Moves over to question number nine. What is there, Nick? What a quota from this film would be the worst thing to hear after you finish having sex. I'm going to jump on this right away Go because ahead. we just talked about Larry Summers and punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he said that in the meeting. That was actually quite good. I did laugh. <laughs> nice. 
one that's going to cut me to the core, and whether I've heard this before or not, I'm not going to say. <laughs> but and I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit. But basically, Erica Albright's line of, you're going to go through life thinking that girls don't like you because you're a nerd. And I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, that won't be true. It'll be because you're an asshole. Oh, that was just such a good line. Like, I actually applauded. So my runner-up for this one was, you pretentious douchebag. Mm. Um, but Love my it. But my winner line is, seriously, what the hell is the chicken? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to think about how that came up. But you know, this is something I do on Tuesday mornings. Why, why making a big deal out of it? <laughs> yep. That moves us down to another Patreon's question. And why don't we let the Patreon read it out? Yeah, that's a good idea. It's the Nick Haskins Fuck question. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Uh, what would the ending uh, of this film be if it were rewritten as a Shakespearean tragedy or comedy? Okay, do you so- not want to give yourself a shout out, though, with us? Uh, I'm Nick. I'm a guy from a show. There we go. <laughs> Nailed it. Basically, I'm going to go for a tragedy. And what I want you guys to imagine, right, is imagine that this film continued and like Zuckerberg learned nothing from the events <laughs> that happened in this film. And Zuckerberg went on to con- continue being a piece of shit, but then also selling our private data to anybody. Could you guys imagine that? Imagine if it started influencing elections and shit around the world and really corrupt motherfuckers you know what? becoming politicians. This is the most depressing I can't put myself heard. in that headspace. I can't even imagine it. No, Just I'm walking away. Imagine it. Just imagine it, guys. That would be a fucking terrifying world to live. <laughs> I just want to equal parts face palm and head desk. Like, fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, so that's my tragedy. Yeah. So I went with a comedy. I've decided that the film should have ended with Zuckerberg losing to the Winklevoss twins, like massively, and it ends up he has to sign the company over to them. Then they turn it into more like Connect You and drive it into the ground, and it stops existing, and we no longer have Facebook. It doesn't exist at all. What a fucking awesome ending! That would be great. I'd love it. I love that. You can't get behind that. That would bring me. You can't get behind that right now. Oh my god! Imagine a world without Facebook. That would be the dream. I did answer this one for myself as well. I made it a tragedy. I decided that really, Mark and Edward were in love the entire time, and Mm. forcing him out of the company was when he admits his feelings for him, and then they lose the whole company, like. Because they, they, they have to be together. They love each oh, other so much. Nice. They love each other so much that they give up the company to be together. And it's just them it's getting married. Tragedy. They're broke. They're penniless. But they love each other. I mean, it's not really a tragedy or a comedy. It's what no, I'm taking it, though. I don't story. care. I think this was, and it would have added to the diversity of the film, which was basically yeah. non-existent. <laughs> I'd like to point out that um, Eduardo Severin, who was a Brazilian guy, they got to they got Andrew Garfield to play. And look, I like I said, I like Andrew Garfield, but I was like, that that is not like and there's even a bit where he's like, Oh, they've they've probably um what's the word they use? Pinched me to to be in this club for my diversity. Yeah, and a Brazilian like, yeah. Jewish person. A white person. Like, <laughs> like it just it cracked me up. I was like, okay, there's a couple of throwaway lines diversity on in this that, place, yeah. you've got a serious fucking problem. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anywho, moves us over to our personal questions. First up is Nick. Why don't you hit us with your three, Nick? Well, my first question was in the film, Mark adds relationship status to Facebook, and that's like the one thing it needs to, quote unquote, be ready. So if you could add any feature to Facebook, what would it be? Permanent deletion. So (laughs) if you delete your Facebook, it's fucking gone. They don't still own all your images. They still still Mm. own every single little bit of information about you, which they currently do. It's just permanently gone. That's what I want. That'd be nice. I went with a bullshit rating. Like if a comment or post gets a certain percentage of bullshit ratings, it's hidden. And then if, or, and then if like the poster got a certain number of bullshit ratings, then they're blocked from commenting. So that might get rid of some of the fake news. Interesting. Nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there, there's a whole thing in this film about advertising. Like it's a cool thing. We don't want advertisers. We don't want advertisers. This is a cool thing. We're trying to chase venture capitalists. We want investments. Fuck you. Have you seen fucking Facebook lately? Oh it's bombarded with fucking it's advertisements. Even They're like fucking your everywhere. Now. You can't even get through your news feed without 20 seconds. Literally. It's never. You can't get rid of any of this fucking shit. There's so many fucking advertisements on it. It's not cool anymore because they got a 1.79 billion daily fucking users. I want an ad-free version of Facebook. Oh, Fuck yeah. you. Would, like, that's the thing. I don't get that these social media sites, I would actually pay like five bucks a year or something 
to have an ad-free version. I do that with all my One hundred percent. Literally, the only ads I want, and I don't know if you guys get them, is from Wish. That online buying, company. <laughs> oh, yeah, the really it's, freaky ads. We're like, the fuck is that like, about? We, me and me and yeah. mates have groups like wish suggestions. And is that uh, a two and a half foot long dildo? Yeah, that's yeah. What it is. and like it's the strap on one and like an apron. Have you seen that apron? I'll click that. I'll it's click that page. Shit, it's just yeah. weird sick shit. That's the only one I want, so I can take <laughs> screenshots, send it to my mates, and be like, look, look at this. Anywho, uh, what's the next question there, Nick? Eduardo is suing Mark for $600 million. What would you do with $600 million? Just, just a shameless plug. I'm writing a book at the moment. In fact, my book has an early version on Kindle, and you can go on Kindle, search Sam Hurley Compliance, and you can download a digital copy of the book, which I'm constantly updating while Liz does a final edit of it. Yeah, just wait till I've finished like reading tweets. it and editing it, because once I've finished editing it, it's going to be fucking spectacular thank you so <laughs> what i would do with that 600 million dollars is well there's a certain president who has a son who wrote a book who then spent to think about 200 300 dollars and on his own book and bumped it up the fucking new york times bestselling list <laughs> to have himself on that list within days of it being released i'd probably do that i'd probably take 100 million dollars buy 100 million dollars with <laughs> copies of my book <laughs> Be one of the most oh highly successful authors ever and just, yeah. Everyone that Sam knows would get four copies. Yes. I was going to say, yeah, do you not. actually get all of the copies? Can you just call up the thing and go, look, I've just bought like a million copies of this book. I don't want them. You don't actually have to print them. I'll pay you for them, but don't. No, 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 no. I want them in a private helicopter and I want to fly around to my friend's houses while, while they're asleep. And like drop them the helicopter high up and in. smash through the... No, helicopter and when they come outside and go, why is there a fucking helicopter outside? I just start <laughs> pouncing my book at them. You read. You read my book. <laughs> fly away. I hope you don't know where I live. Oh, I fucking know. Yeah, you do. You have my address. Oh, exactly. Move. It'd be a note in the inside cover like, fuck you, Machu, read my book. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I decided that I would buy my own island and my own private jet, and I'd have my friends and family able to like book in to stay and fly and stay there for free, all inclusive, whenever they want. So that, you know, there was always this amazing five-star resort place that they could go stay. I would also travel the entire world. You know what I'd have to say to you every time you shut up? Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? <laughs> I'm not going to call it Whore and that's why Island. Stacey totally and Baby Fern Island. would be invited. My would never go stay at Whore Island, and my mum needs a goddamn holiday. So, yeah. Yeah, Stacy and Baby Fern would be invited to, to be Liz's private island, no not Sam. Island. That sounds like heaven for both of us. So that's No a, Sam that's Island. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, I answered this. I said I'd start a movie production company. I'd self-finance movies. I'd write and direct myself. Right, like yeah. I'd be, I'd be all fucking about six hundred million dollars. I could make a whole shitload of movies for six hundred million dollars. Can you please cast me in a movie where I have to make out with Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hardy, Jeez. and who was the other one? Uh, oh, Zachary Levi. Does it matter? Once I make you make out with one of them, then you'll get enough cred that you'll get to make out with the rest of them. No, you that's might, what the mm-hmm. whole thing is. Yeah. We just have to build you up like big enough. Like you'll be, you'll get the introducing credit, like at the end of all the main credits. Introducing. Yeah, well, I like Liz. that. And I am spectacular, so obviously everyone will want to cast me in their films. But yeah, which one would I choose first? Oh, it's a hard decision. What are you thinking about that? What's your next question, then, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the film, Rashida Jones's character points out that Mark is trying to be an asshole. Have you ever tried to be an asshole for a specific reason and why? If not, why not? So I have definitely tried to be an asshole quite a few times, most of which cannot be put out into the public because I might still be arrested for those at times I've been an asshole. <laughs> You're a terrible person. I've never been that extreme, but I, I will. There's two that jumped to mind, and both of them happened to me around the same time as these guys, like at university. And there was one where two of my friends were having a massive fight with each other. I really liked one of my friends. And so she messaged me and goes, I know you're having a party tonight. Can you please uninvite one of the other girls? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sweet. So I messaged the other girl, just texted her and said, hey, yeah, just so you let know, uh, we're not actually having a party anymore. We're just going to go out for dinner for my other mate, blah, 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 blah. Sorry. I then went to text my other friend, ha ha, just invited them, stupid fucking moron. But I sent them to the first girl. <laughs> oh, Sam. So the girl that got uninvited got that text and then sent me a message back of, don't you ever fucking talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, yep, that'll do. Nice. You're a terrible person. I love Yeah, absolutely. It. Yeah, see, I have not that I could think of. I personally, I think I just have quite a strong sense of trying to do what's right and trying to do what's kind. And I believe quite strongly in karma. I feel like um, 
If I do good things to people, then good things will happen for me. I always get good parking, for example, and I'm pretty sure that's because I'm a really good person. So You keep refusing to sleep with one of our um, podcasting people. <laughs> I guess I was pretty horny. <laughs> I want to take those soundboards away from both yes. of you. Or I'm going to make my own up and I'm only going to put on like feminist fuck the patriarchy quotes. I haven't <laughs> even played with my soundboard. While you were crapping in your hands and rubbing it on your face. Oh, my God. I literally just, like, face-palmed on my pop filter. Good. That's all I have to say. You're not my dad. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I'm going with Tom Hardy. I want to make out with Tom Hardy first. English, motherfucker, Uh, do you speak it? This is drowned. My my answer... I hate you so much. My answer to this question was, uh, you know, and, and I didn't have an answer to this question before today, but I did it today. And I'd Sam, this is something that you and I have talked about as well. I was an asshole earlier today yes. on fucking Twitter because people keep fucking reply tagging me in fucking everything. If I don't know you, if I've never fucking interacted with you ever and you reply tag me in your fucking tweets, fuck off. I don't know you. You've never spoken to me. I have no idea who you are. So I don't give a fuck if you have a new podcast episode out. Suck a fucking dick. Wow. (laughs) Okay, so here are my questions. Number 14. Zuckerberg mentions Friendster and MySpace in the film. And I was wondering what old school social media did you guys use before Facebook? Like, for real, did you guys not have the MySpace profile where you could set the song? You could have the song play whenever somebody loaded your profile, it would play whatever song you wanted. I'd love to see it now, like my old MySpace profile. And I've gone back to try and look for it, but I can't find it. But no, yeah, I fucking loved MySpace back in the day. And Live Journal. I had a Live Journal. I think I had MySpace, but I never used it. I was I used to have Bebo. I remember yeah, Bebo, Bebo was real popular I, in New Zealand. I remember Bebo. And High really Five. What the fuck else. is Bebo? Was it B-E-B-O. It was totally a thing. And High Five was another one. Oh, uh, yeah, High Five. I think my some relatives of mine over in England had that and sent me a request. So I think I signed up just to see what the hell it was and then quickly deleted it. Yeah, same. I feel like you had accounts on everything. Yeah. And you like logged in and then you just never went back on any of them ever again. Yeah, absolutely. Question 15. Why is it that literally all tech billionaires, with the possible exception of Bill Gates, are such cunts? So the short answer is they spend a lot of their lives behind computers, whereas they're not out having social So do I. I'm not a cunt. Well, I don't think I am. So I feel like just that lack of social interaction, you know, like they lose that sense of empathy as well as like typically now in the internet generation oh, is they true. get into echo chambers and they find other people that share their similar thoughts and beliefs and they just start feeling like these are normal. So I feel like there's that. And it's funny, you brought up Bill Gates. Bill Gates and his friend Paul Allen, which actually created Microsoft together, they hacked their school system so that oh. Bill Gates would be put in classes that are predominantly full of girls on oh. as a better chance that Bill Gates could score a I girlfriend. Know that. That's disgusting. So, so there you go. All of Why these guys. Men? Why are men, man? <laughs> Why are men, man? <laughs> Why are men, Why are man? Men, English, comma, motherfucker, man. do you speak it? <laughs> <laughs> just going to have a sound of Liz face bombing for the entire rest of the episode. Like, <laughs> Look, I'm just oh. flipping you guys the bird, okay? Fuck you both. Uh, so I said, is this something that comes with the idea, like this, uh, the isolation of super mega wealth? Uh, so I said uh, Zuckerberg and his wife have done a lot of philanthropy over the years, but I can imagine if he was half as bad as he was in the film, he must have been insufferable. And there was a Patreon review that I did with Paul from the countdown for this film. He posited the question. He said, why would anyone be friends with Mark in this in this iteration of him? And I think that this film, if anything, I want more backstory on this film. Because we don't know why, like, if you think about Erica, like, why on earth, if you watch the opening eight minutes of this film, which is great, she's, like, Rooney Mara is so incredible in that scene. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg is great in that scene. It's a great scene. But why the fuck is she even with him? Because there's no way that this is the first time he's ever acted like this. This is, yeah. this is an ongoing question I have about, like, I know girls who are amazing girls who are, just go out with these total douchebags who do not treat them well. And I just don't understand it. Like... I'm much happier being single than settling for one of these total dicks. I mean, there are decent men out there. You guys are actually pretty decent. It's the nicest thing I'll ever say to either. Gross. So. Gross, Liz. <laughs> the face both of you are like, drunk and oh. stupid is no way to go through life, sir. <laughs> well, that's probably quite a good description. No, um, You know, like, I just, I know these great guys and some of them who are single, and I just think, why aren't girls going out with you? Anyway, that's my little rant. All right, Ooh. and my final question was number 16. I mentioned before how fucking terrible the representation of women in, in this film is. So I'd like to know how you'd change this film so it passes the Bechdel test. 
Well, I've got a good one for this one, and it goes back to something I mentioned earlier. They changed a lot of aspects of different characters and different situations in this film, and one of the biggest ones is Priscilla Chan. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg met her in 2003. She was his girlfriend for years, and then they got married like eight years ago. Like he's been with her for 17 years. Yeah. He was with her the entire time period that this entire, all these things happened. Oh, really? But yet, yeah, she's nowhere in this film. She doesn't, like oh, Erica Albright is, doesn't exist. Yeah, I knew Erica, Erica Albright is a fictional up. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but then that's ridiculous. Yeah. He already had a girlfriend. He could have at least, yeah. they could have brought her but in and if you just think made about up some it, arguments between them or something. If you think about it, like when you remove her from this film, like if you have Mark have a girlfriend the entire time he's doing all this stuff, doesn't it make him a little more sympathetic? Just if you don't contextualize it, if you just think about that, it makes him maybe a little bit more Depends. sympathetic. Like if the fact is like he has that right. horrible blog post while he's got a girlfriend in a way that makes him worse because he's like treating a girl like that when he's that's even her. better. Like, oh, I, I so that segues into the second part of what I said here. Mm. Like, I'd love to know, like what Priscilla thought of the whole face mash thing. Yeah. And, you know, if you give her. Yeah. A lot of if you give her more of a major character role, like if you make Priscilla Chan a character in this film and you give her a major plot in this film, mm -hmm. she can have scenes wherein it's more about like it, and you can easily transition it into dating apps and, and, and the way that dating apps and things like that work today and the way social media works today and the way that women are not only dehumanized, but also e extremely sexualized. Mm -hmm. And and there's a lot of misogyny and chauvinism that are involved in all those kinds of things. Like if you would have made like if you would have just kept this character in this film as a part of this story, how much would it have changed everything about it? It would have been quite nice, actually, like, because you're right. Like she could have come in and gone, guys, what are you doing? Like, this is bullshit. Like, that's a woman there. Don't yeah. treat us like such so terribly or whatever. All right, Sam, what about you? Uh, Yeah. Oh. I'm just gonna take next answer. <laughs> I didn't really. Yeah, what now, Sam? Stuck yeah, it. No, I, I, I don't know how you could introduce this without making the film almost ridiculous. I almost feel like it'd be heavy-handed if you put it into this film. The easiest one would be if you have Christy and Alice. The night they meet them at the bar, one of them looks at the other one and goes, "What do you want to drink?" And she goes, oh, "I'll have a martini or something like that." You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like that would be the easiest way to have those two characters. Because I mean, again, like they just become these like almost like dispensable roles yeah, and characters yeah, just, in this film. Yeah, like, they're just sort of filler. Actually, yeah, they um, are. Like Christy shows up and like sets fire to the rubbish bin. You're like, where the fuck is this coming on, out man. of? You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like she seemed perfectly, okay, no, she did seem a little bit obsessive at the start, but that seemed more like, you know, she she was a fangirl, not like she was some crazy jealous bitch. Yeah. But it cracks me up that if it's that easy to make these films pass the Bechdel test, then why don't they? Like how hard is it to just be like, hey, do we have two named woman characters talking about something other than a man? No. Maybe we need to think about that. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, that's the end of my questions. Cool. I think. Yep, that is. That's the end yep. of Liz. Moves over to my questions. Uh, so in this film, we've talked about how Eduardo Severin kind of gets screwed over. He's basically the chief financial officer of Facebook, but then he's kind of absent for most of the film. So my, my question, and we've already sort of talked about this, is do you guys reckon he kind of deserved to get screwed over? But at the same time, do you really give a shit given what the fuck happens after this film? Like, no so, one loses. Is it, is it impossible if you had an empathy for any of these characters, really? So actually, yeah, no, Um, I really felt badly for Severin after watching this film. I felt like he, in the film, he does not deserve to get screwed over. Because yes, he's absent, but he's absent supposedly going off to, you know, try and get meetings and set up stuff and bloody blah. And he, like, but he's not, though. He's in New York working on a different startup. No, uh, well, in reality, though, but, like, not in the actual film, is he? Yeah, in the film, he is. He's, like, they say to him, what are you doing in New York? He's like, I've been working on the other startup. You know that. Oh, I see. Um, okay, well, still, I think, though, like, he gave up his internship at Lehman Brothers, and um, it doesn't seem like, like, it seems like Zuckerberg doesn't listen to him or necessarily want him around as soon as Sean Parker comes on the scene, so it seems like he gets really shoved out. Yeah. So I, after that, I really felt bad for him, and the way that they do it is so cruel, when they call him in and go, yeah, this is such a great celebration, come on in, and instead he just turns up to a lawyer who's like, hey, we just fucked you over. Yeah, okay, yeah, bye. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was bullshit. So then I went and read about it because I thought, this is this is such a shame. Like, I can't believe he got so screwed over. I hope he did okay in the end. And then I read about what he was actually like. And he was actually a total douche as well. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, right. Like, in real life, he did fuck all. They couldn't never get hold of him to answer anything. He didn't set up any meetings. And then the worst thing was he started advertising on the site without anybody's sign off for his shitty startup that was about some sort of weird dating site. And Zuckerberg yeah. was like, the fuck, mate, because we're going to move into dating maybe. So you're even like doing something directly in contrast with what we want to do with this thing. So you yeah. don't care about us at all. So that, once I read all that, I was like, oh, 
okay, no, I hate him too. So <laughs> what about you? Nick? Yeah, that's, that's my biggest thing is if you, if only, if you view it only in the perspective of, of the film, mm-hmm. uh, no, in terms of the character Eduardo Saverin in this film, no, he doesn't because he's the most sympathetic character. Again, Mark is the villain in this yeah. film. Mark is vilified in this film for pretty much everything he does, even though he I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, watching this film, I feel like Mark is much more sympathetic in the deposition against the Winklevi mm. and Divi well, Narendra. You hate those but, guys. but I think, I, yeah, if you start to factor in the kind of real life stuff, like it wasn't nearly as cut and dry as it was in this film where it was like. Uh, Eduardo good, Mark bad. Like yeah, yeah. it was not anywhere I, close to I that. I definitely so. see you saying though, Sam, like I that he he didn't do the right thing. Like he wasn't perfect in this film, but he didn't deserve to get as screwed over as it was shown. You know, like for them all yeah. to become like these massive millionaires and he gets 0.03% of stock or whatever. Like yeah, I yeah. thought that was really well done when you're waiting to see how much has it been decreased. And they're like, yeah, his was not decreased. Moving yeah. over to my next question. Uh, so we see in this that Facebook is pretty much born out of the idea of face mash, where they basically compare two women at a university and decide on who they think's hotter. Sort of a follow-on from Hot or Not, if anybody remembers that website from back in, I do. Back in the early, early days. So I was kind of wondering because, I mean, they depicted in this quite accurately, but I don't know. What do you guys think? What, it, what percentage of modern inventions slash ideas do you guys think have just come from guys thinking with their dick? Well, given that, first of all, I asked Sam what percentage of their time men think about, like, having sex, and Sam said 98% until they're 30, and then 97%. And also given that <laughs> Nick's soundboard is 95% dicks, um, I'm going to go with over 90%. I guess I was pretty horny. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say at least with the internet. I feel like other creations and stuff, maybe not so much, but I feel like the internet, so much of the internet is just about men wanting to get laid. I can, like, okay. I can, I have critical thoughts and I can, I can have critical discussions and I can think about different things or I can, I can do whatever, but like, yeah, like we're constantly thinking about getting laid all the time, literally all the really time. Impact, like, the I'm 40 years do. old. There's not been a year since I hit puberty that I haven't thought about getting laid. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not expecting you to go a year without thinking about getting laid, but I'm just saying, does it really impact all of your decision making and idea creation and stuff? Probably. Yeah, probably. Man, probably all the so sports I've played, I'm the music I've got into, all the you know, like shit I do. Yeah, as a younger man, straight, not not a man you, now who is yeah, happily married say, with a with a kid and doesn't need to try and go out. But and like, delayed. oh my god, I'm so glad I'm a woman. Anywho, this is sanity. Anywho, moves us over to question number nineteen, <laughs> which is well, we've discussed it a little bit throughout the podcast, and I want to know what you guys think. How accurate do you reckon the depictions of Sean Parker, Zuckerberg, etc., are in this film? So, yeah, like we've said, um, clearly there are elements that were made up. But actually, I think when you come down to it, I reckon they're probably pretty accurate to a point. Like, they may have sort of um, exaggerated a few features and things. Oh, but, like, you know, Zuckerberg would say, oh, no, it, it hurt my feelings. Apparently, he actually said it hurt my feelings. But he's clearly a soft cunt. Like, the bit where he gets that note in class and it says, you dick, and it makes him, like, walk out of the class. What a baby! Does he know the kind of vitriol that women get on his platform? Like, you dick. I wouldn't even blink an eye at that. The amount of shit that, you know, horrible things that women hear on the internet on a daily basis, that's like nothing. But I think he is probably that sensitive. Uh, Personally, I felt like Jesse Osmond's character was a little bit too charismatic for Zuckerberg. You know, and that sounds weird yeah. saying it, but no, he, I think that's true. You know what I mean? Like it was a little mm. bit too sort of confident and like well spoken, all that sort of stuff. I mean, but that's like Jesse Eisenberg's an actor, Mark Zuckerberg's a malfunctioning robot. So I mean, of course, there's going to be differences. What about you, Nick? I think there's an extremely poignant thing that happens right at the very very end of the movie as you know Zuckerberg is talking to Marilyn Rashida Jones's character, and she says. You know, 85% of emotional testimony is exaggerated and the other 15% is perjury. Creation myths need a devil. I honestly think it's probably somewhere between 60 and 70% just doing, like you guys said, all the reading about the factual actors and stuff. But I mean, again, I like just knowing, like reading things about this, like just if, if you take just the straight omission of Priscilla Chan from this entire thing. Like, not even existing. Like, obviously, this was a, a person that was very important in Mark's life through literally every second of the timeline of this film like i mean 60 to 70 might even be pushing mm-hmm. it like you never even know but i mean i said 60 to 70 tops but i mean i'm willing to believe arguments that it's lower than yeah. that 
to be fair, when I gave this a hyperbole sandwich earlier on, and the reason why I love this movie, the reason why it's the movie of the decade isn't because I don't give a fuck how true it is or not to these characters, mm-hmm. because I love a tragic character and I love the writing of a tragic character wherein Sorkin writes Zuckerberg and, and, and Eisenberg plays him to the point where he literally destroys everything that he loves in order to achieve anything mm. in his life. And I love that kind of tragic character where, you know, and you, you see the pain of a, of a Saverin that clearly wants to be in Mark's life, wants to be his friend, but he just literally firestorms everything, even mm. the people that care about him and love him the most like that. Even if it's, even if it's only 40 to 50%, I don't care. I think it's a fair call. I really like, don't. I think they, yeah, even if it's 40 to 50%, that 40 to 50% is true to their innate selves, right? Like, whether yeah. he has a wife or not, it doesn't change who he is. And so I think that yeah. they sort of captured that and then developed it as they needed to for the dramatic story. Cool. That moves us down to our listener question, which is one that we threw out there to you guys to answer for us in the form of a poll. And we'll have the results of the poll as well as some of your guys' feedback soon, but I want to know from you guys. Well, first of all, I'm going to start with Liz. Do you know who David Fincher is? Oh, screw you. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't until you said that and then I Googled him. No, I never know any of these guys. Awesome. So you can answer this question, which is what is your top yes. three David Fincher films? Yeah. So I've seen four Fincher films. So I do have a top three. Woo. My number one is Gone Girl. And that's because it's fucking creative. My next favorite was probably Seven. It's, it's pretty brilliant. And I just remember being absolutely horrified at the end bit. Like that was really creative. Uh, and then my final one is not the social network. Shocker. It what is um, Fight Club, which, as we mentioned before, is problematic in itself. Like, if I went back and watched it now, I'm sure I'd find it very misogynistic slash patriarchal. But uh, it was still a good film when I watched it. And, you know, there's some great lines from it and stuff. So Cool. What about you, Nick? Why don't you tell us about how Zodiac is your one, two, and three? No, I do not like Zodiac whatsoever. Um, or Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. What the oh. fuck? Colby Mac, God damn you. Um, and no, obviously my number one is The Social Network. What? I legitimately think it is Fincher's masterpiece. I love this movie. It was, again, my film of the decade. Uh, right after that would be a film that we just covered on Epic Film Guys for its 21st anniversary, which is Seven, uh, which is a great movie. And then Gone Girl would be number three. I love Gone Girl. Gone mm. Girl is actually really, really, really great. Uh, Fight Club, probably number four for me if I had to sneak it in there. Yeah. But So my number three is, well, very similar to you, Nick. I've got Gone Girl at number three, and then my number two would be Social Network, and then Seven is my number one. So just swapping up our ones and twos, basically. Yeah. Clearly, we think Gone Girl and Seven are the top ones of his. Well, talking about Gone Girl, Gone Girl is next week's episode in which me, Kahu, and Machu are going to throw 20 questions at Gone Girl. I can't believe God, you're not having a female on that podcast. So anyway, guys, we threw it out there to you guys, our dear listeners, to answer this for us. And I'm just going to quickly fly through. So at the time of recording, Gone Girl, 12%, Social Network, 19%, Fight Club, 28%, and then seven, clear favorite, on 41%. Thank you, everybody, for voting. Just having a look at some of the comments. Raul Navido said, hands down, the Girl of the Dragon Tattoo. Hard to go wrong with Fincher, though. (sighs) Colby Mack followed that up with Girl of the Dragon Tattoo as well. And I love your gift reply, Nick, of stop it, get some help. <laughs> Holy fuck. It's legitimately coma inducing. Yeah. Like if you wanna if you wanna take a great nap for two and a half hours, pop on Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. The book It'll knock good. you right the fuck I like out. The book. Oh the yeah, the, the Swedish I wanna watch as the well. Swedish films. The Swedish version's real good. Yeah. Paul from the Countdown Podcast, I don't know if he's trolling, but he said I don't see Alien Three here. There's a reason why you don't hear that on here, Paul. How dare you? Whoa! Hello, Paul. Uh, Brad from the Cinema Guys followed that up with thank you. Uh, M from Verbal Diorama that was on recently to do uh, Pacific Rim. Hey, M, how you going? She wrote... She was wonderful, by the way. Wonderful. wonderful. Absolutely so wonderful. Great work, M. Uh, my, recent, my most recent watch was Zodiac, which I really enjoyed, so that's the most fresh in my mind, but it's like choosing your favorite child, so it might have to be any, meeny, meeny. <sighs> P.S. If you can reference Kaiju Dick in this episode, I'll be mega impressed. Kaiju Damn dick. it! We didn't mention Kaiju Dick. Oh no, I was going to save it till the end. Liz, it's oh, not over yet. yet. Yeah. Uh, Dylan O's said the game is still my favorite Fincher movie. Dylan A. Longy said the game is still my favorite Fincher movie. I wonder if they're the same people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Will reading movie. I sucked a dick. Dylan said Every they're night. all really great. They're all really good movies. I just have to arbitrarily pick one. Cool. Doctor Mantis Toboggan just basically put up a gif of. Uh, yeah, Cruz turning into the Zodiac Killer. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Holmes Movies said Seven is an absolute masterpiece. The screenplay and the directing are so on point. The best films 
that he has made have been The Social Network, Zodiac and Fight Club. Looking forward to his new Netflix film, Mank, and hopefully season three of Mindhunter. Mindhunter is fucking awesome. Yeah, that's like a good that. show. The Three Friends Go Criterion, said Zodiac for sure. Steve from Everything I Learned From Movies, that was on recently to do The Wicker Man, just basically put a gif of Fight Club. Don't talk about Fight Club, Steve. Come on, bro. <laughs> it's the one rule. A thousand one by one said Zodiac. Shakabuku said Panic Room is criminally underrated. Uh, Nostalgia Cast said Zodiac. All of Finch's obsessions, fetishes, and meticulous attention to detail wrapped up in one glorious police procedural package. The Lone Wolf also said Zodiac. Fuck me. What is Zodiac God. love, man? I feel like I should have swapped out Gongul and put in Zodiac. Fucking hell. Hey, it's it legit. I fucking. God, it's like coma. It. It's comatose. Like, it legitimately. I. Uh, again, same thing. Same thing as with Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. You want to take the best snap ever? Put Zodiac on because it's fucking coma inducing. I don't get it. I enjoyed it. the first two hours or the first hour and a half of it, and then the last hour was just like, "What about the last seven hours? Did you like those?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last seven hours was the problem. <laughs> Nerd Lancer of Sector Two Eight One Four said the correct answer is Fight Club, and then Julio from the Contrarian said. How am I even supposed to troll Nick if you won't even have Zodiac as an option? <laughs> Look, I told him, I told him, I said, Julio, you will find a way. I believe in Julio. <laughs> it will find a way. There you go, Julio. Anyway, that takes us to the end. Thanks, Liz, but more massive thanks to Nick. Why don't you tell everybody about Epic Film Guys and all that sort of stuff when they can hear more of you? As Liz found out today when she was on the show for Haunt for the Wilder People, 95% of our show is just about dicks. <laughs> it's literally all we talk about. I got a little dick. It's pathetic. There it <laughs> is. True lies. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we, we just love to talk about movies. We absolutely love movies. Find us at epicfilmguys.com. Everywhere on social media, search for Epic Film Guys. You will find us, I promise. Just search for us. We're out there. We, we love you. I have a lot of hot takes about movies, so I will probably upset you at some point if you love something. Because I probably don't love it. Just it's put true. It there. Nick is like Zodiac. Nick is amazing you. at being unapologetically honest about his films, and that's what I absolutely love about it. But if he offends you, you know you can just send him messages about how terrible the movie The Social Network is, and he'll be okay with it. If you're Liz, you can do that. <laughs> if you're anybody else, no. Anyway, that takes us down to the end. If you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, maybe, I don't know potentially going to delete this and go kill Mark Zuckerberg after watching this film, but you can find us on facebook.com at movereviews20qs. This uh, has absolutely made me want to delete Facebook altogether. Like, I just want to message all of my family and be like, you need to watch this movie, and then we'll all delete Facebook. Or you can send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. Anyway, yeah, as I said, upcoming episode next week is Gone Girl, and then after that, uh, the We Watch the Thing Boys are coming on to do another Finch film. We are going to do Seven, which is going to tie into a Halloween episode. And then there's another special Halloween episode coming out after that with Emily Higgins and a guest to be announced. It's uh, yeah, it's a bit of a surprise. Anyway, that's thanks from me. Thank you from me. I love you all. And done. Kaiju dick. <laughs>